Good afternoon, my brothers and sisters. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. The last episode we did was on, we came from out of the book of John, chapter 12, verse 49 and 15. And we had titled that God commanded Christ to teach eternal life. Because whatever he said and whatever he spoke and whatever he was teaching, he was commanded to teach it and he was commanded that he teach everlasting life. It's no wonder that people that all don't understand the principles and the oracles of God because they have not been taught eternal life. Even the scriptures tells us in John chapter 5 verse 39, it says that if you search the scriptures, you may think you have eternal life. And these are they that testify of Christ who God commanded to teach eternal life to. God commanded him to teach and speak and say everlasting life in his teaching when he was teaching his disciples. Amen. So today we're going to come from out of the book of Hebrews chapter 5, the book of Hebrews chapter 5, because this is just a continuation of episodes. So if you saw, if you heard uh, the Promise of Our Father's podcast episode, uh, the first episode, which was God created man in his own image and the image of God, he created himself, a male and a female, and he created him on the sixth day. The second episode of the podcast was the testimony of God. The testimony of God became from out of 1 John chapter 5, and we find out what was the testimony of God. In the test, in the episode we taught on uh, yesterday, God had commanded Christ to teach eternal life. So these just a continuation of the episodes, and they're tying into what we've been teaching. So today we're going to come from out of Hebrews chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse 12. But before I get to verse 12, let me say a few things about what Hebrews chapter 5 is all about. And God had much to say to Christians and believers, huh? but it made, they made it hard for him to explain it since they had become dull of hearing. They have forgotten that Christ is the author of the eternal glory and the eternal salvation to all those who will obey the teaching of Christ. So let's get into this here. We're like going to start in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. For though by this time bishops and pastors and preachers and prophets and, and, and teachers uh, and, and even myself as Pastor Dean, Huh? For though by this time we ought to be teachers, we need someone to teach us again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need and not uh, the need of milk and not solid food. For everyone who put, partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness or the words of eternal life, because he or she is a babe. But you got to remember, he says, you have not. You are unskilled in the word of righteousness when we was talking in the previous podcasts a few yesterday's ago, a few days ago. In Proverbs 12, 28, it teaches me and you that it says that in the way of righteousness is eternal life. And in the pathway, there is no death. 
So in retrospect, we as teachers need to be taught again the words of eternal life by Christ, who is our only teacher. When we studied in Matthews 23, verse 8, it says that there is only one teacher who is Christ. So therefore, when the scriptures teach me and you that we have not learned the first principles of the oracles of God, we have not learned the uh, the, 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 the righteousness of the word of God, it is really telling us we have not learned the teaching of Christ that we talked about in John chapter 12, verse 49 and 50, when God commanded him to teach everlasting life. It says, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the words of righteousness. Everyone who partakes only in the milk is unskilled in the words of eternal life. Because they are still obeyed. I want to ask the question, and I don't want to be too offensive. Are, are you still a babe in Christ? Are you being taught eternal life, the spirit of God, the bread of God, the bread of life? Are you being taught that? Are you being taught to edify the body? In the reason I say pastors, preachers, bishops, prophets, and all that, because God gave some prophets, pastors, pre- preachers, teachers, he says, for the work of the ministry. And for the edifying of the body that we come into the stature of Christ, the full stature of who Christ is. So if you are operating out of a stature and it is Christ because we are all hid in Christ, in God, through Christ. So therefore, if we are in the stature of Christ, we need to be taught the commandments that God commanded him to teach, which is eternal life. So, but today we're going to come at it from a different angle because we're going to find out why so many people don't know the first principles of the oracles of God. Amen. Mm. But solid food, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age. Now that we found out what the righteousness of uh, the, the word of righteousness that we've been unskilled in is the word of eternal life. Now we got to go and find out. But the solid food belongs to those who are who are of full age or have the maturity in the teaching of Christ. Amen. And that is those who, through the teaching of Christ, uses our senses. Those who are operating from out of the, the teaching of Christ uses our senses and to exercise and practice to discern good and evil. Mm. So the maturity of the Spirit of God through Christ's teaching allows for us to eat the meat. And it weans us from all the milk. In Isaiah chapter 28, it says that God said, who will he find hmm, to teach knowledge? Who will he find to understand the message? They that are weaned from off of milk. And they that are weaned from off the breast. So we have to be weaned from off the breast and we have to be weaned from off of milk to come into the maturity of the teaching of Christ. Because Christ is our teacher. So therefore, we have to practice 
practice our practice and exercise the spirit of discernment of good and evil. Where do we remember the words, the words, the knowledge of good and evil from? It was in the beginning in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. The man was able to eat from the tree of eternal life freely. In Genesis 2, 16, it says, Christ commanded the man to eat from the tree of eternal life freely. But the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Come on. If the tree of knowledge of good and evil is something we need to practice and exercise during the discernment of the Spirit or in order for us to have the maturity of the teaching of Christ, we must identify what is the first oracle of the principle of God is. We have to identify what is the first principle of the oracle of God is. This has to tie into discerning both the knowledge of good and evil from the tree. Let's find out what is the first principle of God is. The first principle of the oracle of God is. Because it's important to know if we should be teachers by now, I should be a teacher by now and need to be taught again, there has to be something I miss in the teaching that I was taught. So let's find out what is the first principles of the oracles of God is. In Genesis chapter 3, we got to go back there. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, after the man, huh, Adam, ate from the tree of knowledge, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he lost the body of God in Christ that God made in his own image on the sixth day that Christ breathed into his nostrils and he became a living soul. Adam lost this body of God in Christ. So now they were found naked and without their habitation of God in Christ. But in Genesis chapter 3 verse 21 and 22 is where Christ, you hear what I'm saying? Christ, who is the Lord God, dressed Eve and Adam back into their habitation. But this time, Christ or the Lord God, and the reason I'm saying that, you need to know that there was the Lord God that actually created man from the dust of the ground, but it was God who created man in a body on the sixth day as a male and a female in his own image for our purpose to have everlasting life. But this time, the Lord God, who is Christ, dressed even Adam back into their habitation, but this time, Christ had to put their habitation on them instead of breathing it into their nostrils again. Now that the, that the both of them are back in right standing with God and Christ, the next word that Christ or the Lord God speaks to Adam and Eve is the first principles of the oracles of God. And this ties them both back in tune. 
discerning both the knowledge of good and evil again. Mm. Let's continue reading in Genesis 21 and 22 and see what it says about the first principles of the oracles of God. Genesis 3.21 says, And also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made, or the, let me say that again, also for Adam and his wife, Christ made, let me say that again, also for, the, for, for Adam and his wife, the Lord God, who is Christ, made tonics of skin and clothed them. See, it's important we realize that it was Christ that was doing all this work. We've been taught all our lives that it's been God. God's rested on the seventh day. And this day here is actually the seventh day that God is still resting. So the Lord God, his glory, come on. The Lord God, also from Adam, he and his wife, the Lord God, made tons of skin and clothed them. And the Lord God, who is Christ, said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, to know good and evil. And now lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of eternal life and eat and live forever again. Come on. Mm. So my brothers and sisters, this is so powerful and so incredible because Christ was talking about Jesus, although Jesus was not made the word that became flesh yet. But the same way, come on, you got to get this, my brothers and sisters, the same way Adam, who is the man, Christ is talking about in Genesis 3.22, the same Adam had to put out his hand and take also of the tree of eternal life and live forever again is the same way 42 generations later that Jesus as the word that was made flesh in John chapter 1 14 he will have to do as well so Jesus had to do the same thing that God caused the man who was Adam in the garden who would put his hand out back to the tree and eat of the tree of eternal life and live forever again. So the spirit of eternal life was the first oracle of the teaching of God. That's why it says that you have not learned to come into the righteousness of the word of God because the word of righteousness is not being taught in the a manner that has the church unskilled in God's word. Because if you are not skilled in the word of God, you're still on milk. But this message that we teach here at the Promise of Our Father podcast, you need some meat in your body. Hey, glory. Come on. You need some meat in your body, my brothers and sisters, to, in the, to, 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 to actually digest this word, you're going to need the spirit of him and the promise of our father as a drink offering to actually down this word so that it'll get inside of you. Hey, glory. Way out of your belly, hey, you shall, you shall, you shall, you shall, you shall allow for the rivers of living water. You should drink the rivers of living water. Hey, from out of your belly. Hey, the eternal glory of God 
is being manifested through the scriptures, my brothers and sisters. And as we go and realize this body that we see in Genesis, chapter 3, verse 22, where the man became like one of us, was actually the prophecy of the of the prophecy of the word. It was the prophecy of the word that was made flesh that we find in Genesis. Excuse me, that we find in John chapter one, chapter one, verse fourteen. So now this is why the man Adam had became or become like one of them in Genesis chapter three, verse twenty-two. Adam wasn't like God. Because that is why Christ, as the Lord God said, one of us. Because God is spirit. And they that worship God must worship God in spirit and truth. And he wasn't like Christ or the Lord God, who is the bread of life that came down from heaven as the living bread, the beloved son of God. So the only person Adam was in the similitude of when Christ or the Lord God said this, huh? he had to be talking about Jesus, who was not yet on the scene. Because the word that was made flesh has not yet arrived on the scene yet. But the word that was in the beginning and the word that was with God and the word that was God was on the scene. Because in John 1.1 it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And he was with God, who Christ was with God in the beginning. And the word was with God in the beginning. So therefore, all things that was made was not made unless Christ made it as being with God. Who is who they considered in Genesis 2, 7, he says, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. So if the Lord God was forming man from the dust of the ground and God had already rested, the Lord God had to be Christ, who they talking about in John chapter 1, verse 2. And created all things that was made, and nothing that was made was not made without Christ. Glory. The word that was with God and the word that was God was on the scene. Because in the beginning, the word that was and the word was and the word is and the word that is in the beginning was, was with God, was God. In essence, when Christ of the, or the Lord God, and I keep saying it because I want you, we're teaching. See, I had to be taught this too. So the more I get you to understand that it was the Lord God who is Christ, you're going to begin to realize it's going to begin to open your spirit to the scriptures. Because being baptized in the name of the Father and the Son, being baptized in the name of the Father or the, the Lord God, or being baptized in the name of the Father or Christ as the Lord God and the Holy Spirit, you realize the Holy Spirit was the word that was in the beginning. Mary, you should be conceived by the word. Mary, you should be conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit name was word before it was named Jesus. Jesus, hey, come on. You got to watch out. The man has become like one of us. So in essence, when Christ or the Lord God in Genesis 3.22, when he said the man has become like one of us, he was referring to the word that was in the beginning. That was later on, 42 generations later, was given the name Jesus. 
That's who the man Adam had became like, one of them. Wow. That's amazing and that's powerful, my brothers and sisters. If you rightly divide the word of truth, if you rightly divide the word of the Spirit of God, you see that God is actually explaining himself. He says, who will he get? Huh? Who will he get to teach knowledge? Go back to Isaiah 28, 28 verse 9 and 10. Who will he get to, to understand the message? My brothers, I don't come with you no would come to you with no elegant speech. I don't come with you with no six, seven degrees. I'm not Dr. So-and-so. I'm not Dr. Who and Who. I'm not this and I'm not that. I'm just Brother D. I'm Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm giving you the words of eternal life. Peter told Christ in John 6 6, the disciples decide to walk off from Christ, and Christ did not sell mumbling word to them. He looked at the 12 disciples and he says, do you want to go with them too? And Peter says, you have the words of eternal life. So that tells me in John 12, 12, 50 and 12, 49 and 50, that means that Christ was actually teaching eternal life when they was walking. Oh, when they had walked off from him because they couldn't handle the truth. The words of righteousness, they wanted to stay on milk. So they left and Christ let them go. So if this message is too much for you today, my brothers and my sisters, if you don't want to go into a place where you've never been in God, I know you're affiliated with all your church's denomination. I know you might be a Jehovah Witness. I know you might be part of the Church of Christ. I know that you might be Baptist and Southern Baptist in Northern Baptist, in Eastern Baptist, in Western Baptist. I don't know what Baptist you are, Presbyterian. I don't know where you come from, from out of your teaching. You might be Catholic, Roman. I don't know which one you are, and it doesn't matter to me because I was affiliated with all that too before I came into the knowledge of the words of eternal life. I'm no longer on milk. I'm on the righteousness of the word of God because I have awakened to righteousness. I have awakened to eternal life because I have the knowledge of God. Hey, glory. Come on. I'm getting warmed up, my brothers. Y'all better watch out. So now, when Christ was referring to the word that was in the beginning that was later on 42 generations, he was given the name Jesus. That's who the man Adam had become like. This is what the scriptures is talking about when they said in Hebrews 5, 12, for though by this time we ought to be teachers and we need someone to teach us again the first principles of the oracles of God. My brothers and sisters, it's nothing wrong with being taught again, especially if it is the first principles of the oracles of God and on the, and on the author of eternal salvation, who is Christ or the Lord God. The first principles of the, of the oracles of God ties into all these scriptures that we've been talking about. We're going to go back to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. But before I go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. He gave some, Christ, who? He gave some, Christ, who? The Lord God gave some, who? Christ, the Lord God, gave some apostles, pastors, preachers, bishops, 
prophets, evangelists, and teachers. He gave some for the edification of the body of God. That we can be a perfect stature. Huh? That we can perfect who we are as God. Becoming skilled in the words of eternal life. So he wants us to teach on edifying the body. When was the last time you was taught on the edification of the body of Christ? People have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. And I want you to realize that you can be jumping up and down in the church just like I was many a times. I don't think I know anybody yet who can jump up and down about God like I was when I was jumping up and down when I was doing it. But I want you to realize now that I have come into the, I was so far from, I have come into the knowledge of God. I realized how far I was from understanding how far I was in my zeal. I had replaced the zeal of God with knowledge because I was believing God for something through what man had a zeal for. A man have a zeal for the possession, the possessions of the world and they teach him and they mix him in with the scriptures and they have you jumping up and down because I was in a state of needing something from God. I was in a state of needing something from God immediately. I was on my way to homeless, my brothers and sisters. I was staying in a hotel. Huh? I was riding in a $600 vehicle with all leak. These are true stories. I drove that, 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 that Hyundai hatchback all the way to Washington, Baltimore, D.C. And it's actually Maryland, Baltimore, or uh, Baltimore, Maryland. And it's actually Washington, D.C. But I was in that area. In this car that was a hatchback Hyundai with an with a oil leak. Had to buy a case of oil. Come on. A case of oil. Put it on the back seat. And every three, four hours, I had to put two, three quarts of oil just to make it back to Georgia. Where I used to jump up and down that in the church. Not knowing I was, I was only, I was only operating from out of the zeal of God and not according to knowledge. Oh, I have to give you that one. But my brothers, when I came into the knowledge, I realized that the majority of the church comes from out of Ephesians chapter 4. So if you're a pastor, preacher, bishop, or if you're out there teaching the word of God as an evangelist or a teacher, preacher, it doesn't matter. My brothers and I'm not picking on nobody. You need to consider what Christ taught and how he taught if you say you have the spirit of Christ in you. And Christ was commanded to teach on everlasting life. And my brothers, if we don't learn how to do that, death will always ruin in the place where you think you have power over the death when death is actually over, is taking over the place you think you have power in. And I want you to know when you come into the knowledge of God, you realize death is the last enemy to be destroyed. And death has been given the we have been given the power over death through Christ in Luke chapter 10 verse 19 in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 15 1 Corinthians 15 in verse 30 and uh, 26 he says that in the last enemy to be destroyed is death 
So if Christ gives us power over the enemy and the last enemy is death, we have power over the enemy because God has realized that if I can get these people from out of understanding that they have been released from the bondage of death through the body that has abolished death. All this we've been teaching on and talking about, I'm just reacting. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ. Mm. I said before that that message was pretty insulting and offensive. But the truth should set you free, regardless if it is insulting and offensive. And all, this is the only reason it is, it, is, it, it is insulting and offensive, is that it is the truth. You, would be, you wouldn't believe how many Christians and believers, and for that matter, spiritual church leaders, you hear what I'm saying? You wouldn't believe how many of them are out there, huh? apostles and pastors and preachers and prophets, and even myself at one time, my brothers, did not have the learning of Christ and have not so learned Christ. I say this to our shame, but let me tell you something. I was ashamed when I was in it and didn't even know it. But my brothers, I'm telling you, I'm not saying this to be, uh, I'm not saying this to you so we can be in a big confrontation because this is not what the the promise of our father podcast and the spiritual cuts ministry is all about. If the truth be told, the majority of the above group I just named uh, has a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Now, let me make this clear. Like I said, I'm not trying to start a, conf- a confrontation with any spiritual church leader or bishop or pastor or preacher or prophet. I want you to know that I was a part of this world, too. I was a part of this group, too. So here at the Promise of Our Father podcast ministry, we teach in the similitude in how Christ was commanded to teach in John chapter 12, verse 49 and 50. As a spiritual church leader, my brother, I want you to know I have a question. Are you teaching your congregation that God promised us eternal life and the testimony of God is that he has given us eternal life through his son Christ, who is the son of God, or you are Teaching, are you teaching your congreg- your congregation that we will all have to die? If you're teaching your congregation that tomorrow ain't promised and that we all have to die, you are not teaching God's people that they can live forever and not die. And Christ is the living bread which came down from heaven. And if anyone eats of this bread, he or she will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh in which I shall give for the life of the world. So he said, if you're not teaching the oracles of the principles of God, which was the first oracles that he spoke to Adam when he says the man has become like one of us. If he put out his hand and he take up the tree of eternal life and live forever again. My brothers, you have to know this for yourself. That's why you need to search the scriptures where you may think you have eternal life. And these are they that testify of the Lord God who is Christ, who spoke these words in the beginning in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. So when you began to realize the knowledge of God started way in Genesis 1, 1. 
category. They can live forever and not and not die and declare the works of God. It's what God wants us to teach them. Don't just say it and don't have an explanation. I'm giving you an explanation why we believe what we are saying. Because what we say and what we teach is operating from out of John chapter 12, verse 49 and 50. He says that you may deny me and you may be ashamed of my words, but he says, I don't come under my own authority, but the authority of the Father who have commanded me to teach and commanded me to speak and commanded me what to say. He says, this is what I'm going to teach and speak and say. And I know that my Father commanded me to teach everlasting life. My brothers, this is heaven. So let's go to John chapter 6, verse 48. And let's see where he began to teach, or where in some of the areas he began to teach everlasting life. This, this, this John chapter 6 is heavy, brothers. This John chapter 6 is heavy. It talks about the bread of God in John 6, 33. The bread of God and the bread of life is not the same bread, but we all taught by the bread of God. To get the bread of life through Christ who came from out of the bread of God. So the bread of life came from out of the bread of God. And if you eat of this bread that God gave us, you shall live forever and not die. John 6, 40 through 15. My brother, there's so many people out there teaching the spirit of error over the spirit of truth. How will you be able to worship God in the truth if you're teaching the error? First John chapter chapter four verse six says that there's the Antichrist. Anybody that's against, see the Antichrist. I used to think was a big old monster, but the Antichrist is anyone out there not knowingly. Actually, you can you can know it and even not knowingly. If you are speaking against Christ, if you're saying tomorrow's not promising, you know what I mean. We all have to die. You are actually speaking against Christ, who God sent as His testimony. He says, and the and my testimony is that I have given you eternal life and my testimony is my promise that I have promised you as my son. I have given you eternal life. And he says, let no one cheat you out of your reward. Let no one cheat you out of your gift because the gift of God is my reward. The gift of God is my promise. The gift of God is my testimony because my testimony is that I have given you eternal life. How many times that these things or these scriptures been actually rehearsed in your hearing and explain to you that you can live forever in this body and not die. He says in John chapter John chapter 11 verse 25, he says, I am Martha, the resurrection and the life. And I know that my father will give me whatever I ask him. I know you know that, but this is what you don't know. They that remain and are alive, if they believe in the son of God, he said they shall not die and live forever. And he says, do you believe thou this? Hey, glory. I want you to understand. So he began to teach them about living forever. The Spirit of God says that people praise men more than they praise God. In that same chapter in John, John 12, 43. So in John chapter 6, 48 and 50 through 50 says, I am the bread of life. 
Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which come down from heaven. If anyone eat of it, eat of it, anyway, if anyone eat of it, they will not die. This is the bread which came down from heaven. If anyone, if you, if I, if whosoever moved Baptist church, if you may eat of it, you will not die. Mm. I want to say this while I got the chance. If you are taking you, you, uh, Eucharist or communion, as we call it, if you're taking communion and you're eating of this communion, and, 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 and I think it's in 1 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians, one of those books in chapter 11. I think it's in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. It says that if you're eating of this, he says many have fallen asleep because they don't have the discernment of the body of Christ. So I want to say this, if you're taking the Eucharist and you can see it, it can't be the same body that came through the door that was shut that you're eating of it. Because if you eat what you see, it can't be faith. If faith is what you don't see, you are walking by faith walking by sight and not by faith. But the scriptures say you should walk by faith and not by sight. So you're doing the opposite of what you're preaching and you're doing the opposite of what you're teaching and they are doing the opposite of what you are saying because you are telling them they're eating something that they can see. But when you begin to understand John chapter 6, he says, if you eat of this bread, I am the bread of life. He says, for your fathers them ate the bread in the manner in the, and they ate the bread in the wilderness, huh? They ate manna in the wilderness and they are dead. Because manna means what is it? So if they ate this bread that came down and they didn't know what they was eating, it turned to manna. What is it? But he says, because they have rejected the knowledge of God, they have rejected the power of God in Christ, he wants you to realize if you eat of this bread, you shall die. But he said, if you eat of the bread of the living bread, if you eat of the manna, you shall die. But if you eat of the living bread, if you eat of the manna, you shall die. But if you eat of the living bread, you shall live forever and not die. This is the bread that God, of God, the bread of God that he's talking about. My brothers and sisters, let's go to John chapter 6. Let's go a couple of scriptures down and we're going to move from out of there and move to another place. But he or she who eats the living bread that comes down from heaven, who is Christ, the scripture says he or she shall live forever and not die. So what does that mean? Do you believe thou this? Remember Christ asked Master this in John chapter 11 verse 26. Do you believe thou this? I am the living bread. He says, though your brother may be dead and yet he shall live. He says, I am the resurrection. But I want you to know in John chapter 11 verse 26, he says, although your brother may die, he says, but he shall live again because I am the resurrection. But he says in John eleven twenty-six, he says, though they that remain and alive and standing before me and believe in the eternal spirit or the eternal salvation of me as God. He says, I will give them eternal life. He says, do you believe thou this? This is a heavy question, my brother. Because if you are not teaching this and your congregation don't believe this question that Christ asks Martha in John eleven twenty six, 26, just maybe, as the scripture states in Ephesians chapter, two, chapter 4, verse 20, you have not so learned, Christ. Amen? 
Let's continue reading in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. If indeed you have heard of Christ and have been taught by Christ, here we go again, Jesus. You remember in Matthew 23, 8, there's only one teacher who is the Christ. He says in, John, in Ephesians 21, he says, If indeed you have heard of Christ and have been taught by Christ. Come on. So if I'm reading this right, my brothers and sisters, and I know I am, this verse is implying that only, the only way Jesus came into the, the knowledge of God, because he says, if, watch what he says. Let me read that because I, I, I missed, I, I left the portion now. He says, if indeed you have heard of Christ and have been taught by Christ, taught by Christ as the truth is in Jesus. So as the truth is in Jesus, we need to realize even Jesus had to understand and come into the knowledge of God through the teaching of Christ. See, most Christians and believers didn't know that even Jesus had to be taught by Christ. How we know that? Because you remember in John 8, 28, even Christ had to be taught by God. We learned that Christ was taught by God and no one uh, and no one can get to God or his teaching except through Christ. So John tells us that I do nothing of myself, but as my father taught me. So he says, as you lift up the son of man, see the son of man was Jesus, but the son of God is Christ. The reason Jesus is the son of man is because Jesus came through the flesh. But the reason Christ is the son of God, because Christ came and proceed forth from out of the spirit of God as the bread. Because God was the bread of God in John 6.33, but in John 6.45, in John 6.48, he says, I am the bread of life. So Christ is the bread of life that came from out of the bread of God. So therefore, the Son of Man, when he was lifted, they was talking about Jesus. But the Son of God, who was in the man as Jesus, who was in command of the man as a son, as a man that came from out of the woman of Mary and Joseph, he says that I am the bread of life. And he needs you to know, because I am. I do nothing of myself in what I speak and what I say. I speak and say what my father taught me. So here in essence, when we recognize that Jesus had to be Christ. Jesus had to be, Jesus had to recognize that Christ. So he wouldn't be included in the previous verse. When Jesus recognized that Christ, he had to be taught by Christ, he recognized that he, that was the only way he was going to be released from the verse in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20, where it says, you have not so learned Christ. So that was the only way that Jesus recognized that he was going to come into the Father. So you have not so learned Christ. So even in Ephesians, Christ had to teach Jesus. But other people have not so learned. Although Jesus was the Christ, but he didn't come to Christ until he got baptized and became the beloved son. 
When he became the beloved son, he had to take off the begotten son. So now, my brothers and sisters, just as Jesus had to come in the truth about Christ, who has taught us, and Christ is our teacher, in John 6.45, we all are taught by God. So that means that Christ was teaching through the knowledge of God when he was teaching Jesus the word of eternal life. So he wouldn't be included in the previous verse. You have not so learned, Christ. Let's continue reading in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. This is where it gets interesting that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, the old woman, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. This is very important because this verse ties us back to the fall in Genesis 1, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 21. In Genesis 3, 6, it says, You remember when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that was pleasing to the eyes, and the tree desirable to one eyes, so the man and the woman conduct, conduct and disobedience to the promise of God and the testimony of God caused them to be in a decaying or a, de a dying state. So we have to put off the old man and the old woman. And if this never occurred in our body or in our mind where we serve the law of God, and who is the one who delivered us from the body of death, this indicates we have not so learned Christ. I asked the question before, if you are saved by confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart, from out of Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, if you saved by confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that the Lord God raised, that, that the Lord Jesus was raised from the dead by God on the third day, he says, if you are saved, what are you saved from? Then I, I, I had put the question out, if you are saved from sin and death, what you are saved from, you are saved from sin and death. If you are saved from sin and death, if you die as an individual, were you saved from death and sin? Just by confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. See, that's the resurrection. Those who are in Jesus receive the resurrection, though he may die and confess them with his mouth and believing in his heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Hmm. But if he never so learned who Christ is that took over the body of Jesus, come on, they just come, they have a zeal for God through the body of Jesus or through the knowledge of Jesus. But the knowledge of God comes through the spirit and the teaching of Christ that Jesus had to be released from if the truth is in Jesus, when Christ was teaching, the truth of that matter is that Jesus had to be taught by Christ. And Christ had to be taught by God. Because we all are taught and learned by God in John 6.45. My brothers and sisters, I'm repeating these scriptures and praying that God is using you so that you can understand and comprehend the message and that God has given me the knowledge to teach the word of God. Amen.
So if these two things, if you never put out the old man and the old woman in the body or in your mind where you serve the law of God, you could never be delivered from the body of death. Let's go to Romans chapter 7 and go further into this message, my brothers and sisters. He says in Romans chapter 7, verse 24, <clears throat> O wretched man or woman that I am, who would deliver us? Who would deliver me as a woman? Who would deliver me as a man from this body of death? Romans 7, 25 says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So with the mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So if the law of sin is in your mind, the law of God cannot be there. Because God has no pleasure in the one who's in the flesh or in the one who dies in the death. Because sin leads to death. So therefore, if you're not serving the law of God in your mind, who has the power to deliver you from this body of death, you are not operating from out of a place where you understand the first principles of the oracle of God that he spoke to the man Adam in Genesis chapter 3 verse 22. They have become like one of us unless they put their hand out and put their hand out and then if he eat from the tree of eternal life he shall live forever again you have not so learned Christ if you have not been serving the law of God in your mind so now we understand why we now we understand why and we understand how we put off the old man and the old woman. Now, if this is going to take place and we are entering into a place where Christ is, there will have to be a paradigm shift take place in the mind and in the body. Amen. So let's continue reading. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Why is this so important to be renewed in the spirit of, the, of your mind? This is so important because this is where we serve the law of God at in our mind. Because even the law of the spirit of the life of God and the law of the spirit of the life of God in Christ and the law of the spirit of the life of God in Jesus has made you and me free from the law of the spirit of sin and death. Remember early in the podcast, I asked the question, if we were saved by confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart that God raised the Lord Jesus from the dead, then what are you saved from? Remember I said sin and death. You are saved from sin and death, where here we have in Romans 8, 1, 2, it says, there is therefore now in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. There is therefore now in Romans 8, 1, 2. There is therefore now in Romans 8, 1, 2. To them. So it's to, the, to them. This does not apply to everybody because everybody don't have the knowledge of God. I say this to your shame, but everybody does not have the knowledge of God. Just because you have a zeal for God does not cause you to have no condemnation. 
There is therefore now to them a certain group of people who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh because you cannot please God in the flesh. But in Romans 8 verse 8, it says you cannot please God in the flesh. But in Romans 8 verse 9, it says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. He says, there is therefore now in Romans 8, verse 1 and 2, he says to them who are in Christ, Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. This is a picture of those who have learned who Christ is as the truth is in Jesus for the law of the spirit of the life or the law of God, that of the life that lives in Christ or the law of God of the life that lives in Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death who has who has delivered us from the body of death come on so who has the mind of God who has the mind of Christ hey we have the mind of God we have the mind of Christ because he thought it not robbery to be equal with God in the mind. Hey, we thought it not equal to be, be equal with Christ in the body. We thought it not equal. We thought it not robbery to be equal with God. We thought it not robbery to be equal with Christ in the mind. We thought it not robbery to be equal with God in the body because God made a body on the sixth day to make us equal with him. He made us equal as a male and a female Put off the old man and put on the new. He said, I'm finding it to be equal with you, God. I'm finding it to be equal with you, Father, because you have created a, a man in your own image on the sixth day as a male and a female. You created them so that you put your image of you and the image of your son Christ into that body, in a body that is made without hands. He said, if I put it on, yeah, glory. He says, there is therefore now to them who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. This is the picture of those who have learned Christ. As the truth is in Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of the life, or the law of the Spirit of the life of God in Jesus, or the law of the Spirit of the life of Christ, the law of the Spirit of God, life that is in Christ and that is in Jesus have made us free from the law of sin and death. That's who can deliver us from the body of death. In Romans chapter 7, verse 24, that's the, the law of God that we serve in our mind. Let's go back to Ephesians, my brothers. Oh God, Jesus has freed us. Christ and Jesus has freed us. Now serving the law of the Spirit of God and the law of the life of God that's in Christ. And now serving the law of the Spirit of God and the law of the Spirit of the life of God that's in Jesus has made us free. Hey, glory. From this body of death where sin and death abides. Let's go to Ephesians, my brothers, chapter 4. Renewing the spirit of our mind is actually where we serve the law of God and where we serve the law of the spirit of God. And this is how we acquire eternal life in our body. But now we need an eternal body, which is created according to God, that he created without hands on the sixth day. 
Boy, this gets interesting. Let's continue reading Ephesians chapter. Let's continue reading Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. You ever ask yourself why Christians and believers are not walking in the in this anointing? And Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18 teaches us why. Because Christians and believers walk in the futility or the useless of their mind and having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the because of the ignorance that's in them, because of the blindness of their hearts. Can you imagine being alienated from the life of God? Come on. You know, when I first started reading, I thought they was talking about who had no relationship, those who had, those who didn't have no relationship with God. But when I took a closer look at this, I realized he was referring to the people who have not so learned Christ. Watch this, my brothers and sisters. Christ was teaching in John 14, 6. Christ said to them, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the eternal life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Christ was teaching his disciples and also Christ was teaching Jesus because Jesus was the only one to know where Christ was going. Let's go back a few verses in John 14. I'm switching up a little bit because I'm bringing it to you, my brothers and sisters. Let's break this down. In my father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go prepare a place for you. Christ was going to prepare a place for who? The disciples or Jesus? Hmm? He was going to prepare a place for the disciples or Jesus. Who? Come on. I want to bring this to your attention because this is powerful because people don't realize when they're teaching at the eulogy or the pastors or preachers or teach, they use this scripture in these verses. So I want to break them down, break down the wall of separation. And if I go and prepare a place, John chapter 14, verse 3, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there, there you may be also. Where is Christ going to prepare a place for? First, we need to find out who is he for, who is he going to prepare the place for? Hmm? Who is the you or the for you he's going to prepare a place for? Is it Jesus? And the place is the tomb for Jesus' body for the burial? Is it going to the place where he says, where we've been taught all our lives? That he's going to heaven and prepare a place? How we know that Christ said, I will come again and receive you to myself? Was he going to prepare a place for Jesus or was he going to prepare a place for heaven? All my life, I've been thinking in the scriptures in John 14, he was going to prepare a place for heaven for us. But he was going to prepare a place for Jesus, for the tomb, for Jesus' body, for his burial. How we know that? Christ said, I will come again and receive you to myself. When did Christ come the first time to Jesus? It was when Jesus got baptized in Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. That was his first time coming for Jesus. And the next time is when Jesus' body got to the tomb. Boy, this is heavy. Then he says, where I am, where I am. You will also be. Will the disciples be at the tomb with Christ? 
Only the body of Jesus will be at the tomb with Christ. Will Christ go prepare a place in heaven? It can't be so because I wanted you to realize he didn't go prepare a place for the disciples in heaven. Christ is not going to heaven and prepare it for his disciples. How we know that is in Genesis 2.1. The heavens and the earth and all the host of them was finished. If the heavens and the earth was finished in its preparation and God had rested in his creation, why was God, why was Jesus, oh, excuse me, why was Christ going to prepare a place that was already finished and the hosts thereof? Come on. The heavens and earth was not where Christ was going to prepare for the place that he said that where I go, you'll be again with me also. So let's continue. And we see that Christ was not going to prepare back to heaven to prepare a place for us to die and go to him. If in his word in Ezekiel 18, 31, 32, God says, I has no pleasure in the one who dies. He said, I have no pleasure in the one who dies. So why will you die, O house of Israel? He says, live and turn and live forever again. Spiritual leaders need to stop teaching that Christ went to prepare heaven for people who died to have eternal life. This is preposterous and contrary to the reason and the common sense. It is utterly absurd and ridiculous. We read that heavens and the earth and the entire host of them were finished. So what did Christ and where did Christ go to prepare and what, who did he go to prepare it for? Let's finish reading in John chapter 4. Excuse me, John 14 verse 4. Christ said to Jesus, because you do know he was talking to Jesus. You do know he was talking to the disciples, but his main message was for Jesus. See, if Christ say, well, we are all taught by God and Christ teach from out of the knowledge of God and we are taught by Christ and our only teacher is Christ. Even Jesus being through the flesh had to be taught by Christ to be in the body of God through Christ that God has sent as the bread. So let's go to John chapter 14, verse 4. Christ said to Jesus, and where I go, you know, and the way you, you, and the way you know, come on. Christ said to Jesus, and where you go, where I go, you know, I just said that. Christ said to Jesus, and the way you know, I just said that. Who is the only one that was remotely close to knowing where Christ was going and what Christ was preparing? And who is, who is the only one in the crowd knew the way? Come on. Jesus was the only one that had knowledge of what Christ was talking about because the fact of the matter, now I went through all that just to show you in Ephesians 18 when it talks about being alienated from the life of God because in John chapter 6, Christ said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the eternal life, and no one can come to God except by me. Christ. So therefore, when he says, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life, when he was saying in Ephesians 4, he says, and where I go, you know, and why I, and the way you, and the way you know. So Christ was the only one that knew 
Because when the body of Joseph of Amethyl had prepared Christ's body from off the cross, we have to realize when Christ went to go prepare the place for Christ, for Jesus. You remember when Jesus cried out, my father, my father, why haven't you forsaken me? So he was actually saying, something has left me that I had before I was on this cross by myself. So Christ left the body of Jesus to go prepare the place to the tomb. So Christ reminded Jesus, he said, you remember when we had that conversation in John 14, in my father's house was many mansions, in my father's house, matter of fact, if it was not so, I would have told you the mansions that he was talking about was the glory of God in the body that was made without hands. It was the temple of God that was the mansions, the house of God that was the mansions, the body of God that was made without hands from out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 1 if this earthly tent Jesus if this earthly tent dissolves on the cross he says I got another house I got another building built by God on matter of fact made without hands so I have to go prepare a place for you in the in the tomb where no one sculptured yet no one even knew about the sculpture but Christ and Jesus, because Jesus knew where he was going, and Jesus knew the way. So when he, when the Spirit of Christ left the body of Jesus on the cross, now you got the, the Spirit of Christ that abides forever preparing a place in the tomb. For the Lamb of God that's on the cross, because the purpose of the Lamb was for, for the sins of the world. But now we got to go through this here because we got to get the word from out. Because the word of God, he says that the word of God abides forever. So if the word of God abides forever, it couldn't die on the cross in the flesh. So when Christ, when, excuse me, when Jesus commanded that the spirit of God, when Jesus commanded that, that, that committed his spirit back to God, it was the Holy Spirit or it was the Holy Spirit of God that he commanded back or the word of God. It was the word and the Holy Spirit. The word that was made flesh had to go back to God because it was a part of the beginning. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and the word was God. So the word that was in the beginning and the word that was with God and the word that was God could not die on the cross because God has no pleasure in the death and God don't die because God abides forever because he's God. So the word that God put and made of flesh out of had to come from out of the flesh he made the word from. So God took the word from out of the flesh of Mary and the flesh of Jesus and he left the body of Jesus who was born through Mary's flesh and he left that body on the cross as the lamb. So now you got the lamb on the cross who has committed his spirit back to God, you got the spirit of Christ who have already went to prepare the place. So now you got the spirit of Joseph of Amathea and the spirit of Nicodemus preparing the body as the lamb. So the lamb was prepared for the sins of the world. 
So the blood that was shed for the sins of the world came from out of the lamb. Just like in the book of Exodus. Hey, just like in the book of Exodus, they kill an innocent lamb and they ate the lamb. And if they had much more over, they shared it with their neighbors or the next door, the people that live next door to them. But watch this here. So when Christ began to teach in John 6, 48, if you eat of this bread, the bread that I give is the life of the world, is my flesh. If you eat of this flesh, she says, you shall live forever and not die. So now we got the flesh of the lamb being made without hands when it comes through the doors that was shut. In John chapter 20, 19. So therefore, even this bread as the lamb is different than the bread as the lamb is different than the bread different than the bread of the lamb before the bread of the lamb got through the doors or got to the doors that he came through so my brother this is heavy and I'm trying to give it to you and Christ is trying to teach me how to slow down because this is so heavy now my brother so Christ said to Jesus and where I go you know and the way you know who is the only one that was remotely knew Christ was the only Jesus was the only one knew in the crowd so the knowledge of God was being displayed through Christ through Jesus so now I went through all that just to get to this part here in John 14 so the way I go, you know, and the way I go, he says, so in retrospect, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through Christ. So in retrospect, being alienated from the life of God means you have not so, you have not so learned Christ. Did you know that you can have a relationship with Jesus and not, have, and not know God in Christ? This is where the zeal for God comes in at, but they can't get the knowledge of God because they have not so learned Christ. My brothers and sisters, you don't ever want to be alienated from the life of God. Let me make this clear again. You can be saved through your confession and your belief that God raised the Lord Jesus from the dead and still be alienated from the life of God. The reason for this is because most Christians and believers have not put on the new man and the new woman that's created according to God's. So my brother, since I'm this far into the message, I'm going to start right there on the next episode. But I want to end this episode right here because I gave you enough to chew on where you can leave the elementary doctrines of the teaching of Jesus and move into the spirit of Christ. You can get off of milk and you can wean off the breasts and you can be weaned off the milk because God says, who will I get to teach knowledge and who will I get to make to understand the message, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. So my brothers, we're going to come back in the next episode and we're going to talk about putting on the new man and the new woman that is created after the image of God on the sixth day. Amen. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of, from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to thank you again for the promise of our Father podcast. Tune in the next time. We got more for you. Amen. Glory be God. Glory be to God.